Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is... Wednesday, November 11th, 2020, 11-11 and 2020. Uh, welcome on this windy Wednesday in the frigid state of Minnesota. Finally starting to get cold here, which is kind of weird when it's the Masters week this year. So it's uh, just a strange time all around. And with the COVID cases spiking, it's just a crazy, crazy time in, uh, in this weird world of ours. But anyway, let's... Uh, Bring on the other member of the pod, head over to Minnetonka. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. Like I mentioned, it's getting pretty cold and pretty pretty crappy out there for sure. I was driving last night and just, boy, the roads are just slick and awful. And it took me about 10 tries to get up just my my own driveway. It's just pretty brutal. I don't even, I don't even have the steepest of driveways. So definitely don't, uh, not look forward to this for sure. That's why I'm better, better off getting back to Vegas for sure. You just got to give her some gas. I'll make her up. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> should have uh, had you should have you roll over here and done it for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd get her up there after a couple cocktails. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, jump right into a little weekend recap, huh? The weekend recap. All right. So, how'd your week nine do for you? Um. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, obviously it's pretty brutal. The pick of the week went down uh, one and four on the re- on the top five, but I mean. I think the, the biggest indicator, I think for sure, is just you know, the other release plays, at least from my perspective, because of course, doing the podcast, it's just one specific time during the week. And especially myself, I, I shop for numbers. I'm always trying to get the best of the number. That's what I care about more than, you know, almost winning and just getting value and, and getting the best closing line value. So, um, I, I did have one play release was all I, I kind of shied away from my other plays of the podcast. I had some contradicting things and ended up just getting a little gun shy. So you know, probably a good thing, obviously, because I did pretty poorly. But one play I did really like a lot, which I mentioned to you, is that over in that Minnesota-Detroit game, and that one you know, got there. And then actually it was my only play, I think, this year that I've been more than one unit. So it was a, a unit and a half, and it did get there. So it was my one and only release play for the weekend. And I'm finally getting into the positive, into the green there um, for my release plays there. But yeah, like I said, from an actual podcast perspective, what we what we released in the pod and what we talked about in the pod definitely wasn't all that great. So, uh, oh, hopefully we get it back here and get back on the train. I know it's pretty good there for several weeks from both our top five as well as our pick of the week. But uh, how did it go for you? Yeah, pretty similar story. I uh, went two and three on of our five. We both lost our pick of the week. I know my pick of the week one and then all of a sudden it got overturned when the receiver didn't hold on to the ball in the last second of the Chargers game. So uh one of those things where you very easily could have won that game and, and won my pick and that was the only release play I had. So it could have very well been a, a winning week from a release play standpoint, but that's the way it bounces and that's kinda what you expect, you know, on some level when you're 
getting in bed with the Chargers there, you can't be too surprised if they pull some last-second shenanigans to go from covering the game to not covering. It's kind of all uh, all part of the gig with them. So that was a little frustrating. But the nice part was, is uh, like we talked about on the pod, like I, I initially liked the card a decent amount, and I think we kind of disagreed on it a little bit because I know you said you weren't in love with it. And I'm like, ah, I, I kind of like it again. And then as the week went on, I kind of started to sour on it a little bit more. So I was glad I hadn't released many plays other than just the the one Chargers pick that, like I said, didn't quite get there. So not great, but uh, sometimes it's nice, you know, to minimize the damage when everything doesn't quite go your way. So two and three of the five and, and, and one loser. That's uh, not, not the worst week in the world. So something you can definitely bounce back from without a whole lot of trouble. So. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a pretty good week just as far as a, a viewership standpoint and all those late games were incredible and there was even a couple good, good early games. So at least it was, it was fun from that perspective. So that, that was nice. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's, uh, I think we got a couple qualifiers. Let's go ahead and jump into our getting the best of the number segment. Getting the best of the number. All right. So which games qualified here for getting the best of the number? Yeah, I had two of them, um, both totals, actually. First one, Giants and Washington, that total. This one's kind of weird because that Monday night game, it, it, it opened actually 43. I know we talked about it on the pod last week. It opened 43, but then it got readjusted Tuesday morning down to 41. And that's so that's kind of what I, you know, quote-unquote, uh, use for the opener, especially for this segment because it's not really too fair to have less than 24 hours there but for a number to bet on. Um, so anyway, it opened 41, and then this one closed 43 pretty much across the board. Uh, some 43 and a half even, and this one landed right on 43 to 23 to 20. So a uh, good one there example. And then we also had an even better example. Uh, again, a total Pittsburgh at Dallas. This one opened 42 and this one closed 44 and landed, uh, right on 43, uh, 24 to 19. So, um, yeah, totals obviously not quite as popular from a people's, you know, what they like to bet as opposed to just straight point spread. But again, um, definitely important, uh, just as just important for key numbers and getting the best numbers as a spread. Obviously, a, a winning bet to winning bet. Yep, absolutely. Sounds good. Well, uh, let's yeah, let's jump into week ten here. It's it's, a, it's always crazy in week ten, but uh, it's amazing how quick the the season goes every year. Yeah, it feels uh, like we just started, and all of a sudden, yeah, week ten already coming around. And, but I know I will mention we talked about it pre-pod here, but yeah, this might be the. <laughs> Least sexy card we've had all season. I just been it's a struggle here to come up with some plays. That's for sure. So definitely, uh, I tread lightly here. Yeah, for sure. There's some interesting matchups from just a viewership standpoint, and um, yeah. So it's not like a, just an awful slate of games per se, but yeah, it's just a weird thing, and there's just not a whole lot that I feel overly confident either. So yeah, I totally agree with you there. Uh, well, I uh, get to go first here for our five picks, so. I'm going to start it off with that Cincy-Pittsburgh game, if you want to give your numbers for that. Yep, I can do that. So uh, my power rating, I guess the the problem with that, this game, I guess, before we get into it, I mean, obviously, uh, this one's completely off the board. So I guess uh, I'll, I'll give my numbers, but again, it's kind of difficult. So I, I guess we should have talked about that pre-pod. But uh, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus 11. Look headline, Pittsburgh 10. Uh, the Westgate open, Pittsburgh 9.5. And the total here open. 47 and a half. And again, just real quick, like I do every week, uh, I'll give my power rate number, which is just my strict numbers between these two teams. Uh, look headline from the Westgate Superbook, which is simply the line uh, before last week of play. So we can see how much the, the lines adjusted. And then I'll give both the opener for the spread and uh, total 
uh, for, for this game so we can kind of see where it's moved. What, uh, why, do you, do you know why it's off the board or what's? what's yeah, it's because of the game? COVID. Yeah, COVID with, uh, Roethlisberger. He's been in contact with, I think, either somebody on the team or staff member or something along those lines, some kind of tracing. So yeah, it's, they're not sure if he's able to play right now on my screen. It looks like it's not even ruled in and, and I don't have any numbers at all on the screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, usually I'm right on top of all that stuff. I guess I haven't been. I've been looking at Twitter enough lately. Apparently, I need to up my screen time. What, yeah, it uh, can happen Monday, Monday morning, I think, or something. Yeah, Monday or geez. Tuesday. Oh, okay, well, um, I guess I'll switch it up. I'll do a different game, then I'll I'll just go to my next one. Um, because I like Cincy in that, but it doesn't really help too much if, um, you know, it comes back on the board without Roethlisberger and it's down to a three point game or something like that. So. Yeah, no, um, I, I absolutely agree. It seems like, uh, my, my stronger games I like every week. I think I say it for the last, what, four or five weeks now. My, one of my stronger games that I like, it seems like it's always a COVID related game and there are always different teams and stuff too. And I agree. This is one where I was looking at Cincy as well. Ah, huh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, I guess if, if Roethlisberger is good to go and the numbers up above a touchdown, uh, free play then on Cincy. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. I'm going to go all the way down to the uh, Arizona-Buffalo game, if you want to fire that one up. All right, um, let's see. Uh, oh, Buffalo at Arizona. Okay, I got it backwards. Um, yeah, Buffalo at Arizona here. My power range is a pick em. The look headline here, Arizona 2.5. Uh, the opener, Arizona 1.5. And, and the total here opened 54.5. All right, um, yeah, I like I like Arizona on this one. Laying the the one and a half here at home, just think it's kind of a good spot for them. You know, last week they're in a shootout against Miami where they had quite a bit of success offensively, but but couldn't stop two at all defensively. And then you go and uh, you look at the Bills, and they were in a shootout themselves against Seattle at home. And what I'm sure for them was a big circle circle the wagons type game after a couple of rough weeks. I'm sure they wanted to get back. Uh, you know, in a, in a winning way, and, and they did in a game that was, like I said, a, an absolute shootout, but it wasn't really comfortable. So they, you know, definitely would had to put quite a bit of effort into that one. And not that Arizona didn't, but now they're staying home off a loss that I'm sure is a little sour after they went on a little run themselves. So I'm sure they're going to want to bounce back strong. And Buffalo, uh, conversely, they, uh, you know, they get that win, and now they got to travel across the country. And, and play at what should be a pretty hungry Cardinals team. So I think from an offensive standpoint, these are pretty similar teams. You know, you look at DVOA and Arizona's nine, Buffalo's ten. That's kind of what uh, what I see, you know, just from the eye test. So that seems about right. But then if you look at the defense, like I think Buffalo kind of gets credit for having a pretty solid defense because a couple of years ago when they had Tyrod Taylor team where they were, you know, I think they lost 13-3 to in the – playoff game against Jacksonville and they were just a slug fest team back and forth that controlled the ball and didn't turn it over and just had a great defense. Whereas now it seems like their their defense is getting scored on by just about everybody. So I don't uh I don't think that Kyler is gonna have any trouble scoring against Buffalo. And not that I think Buffalo will have a whole lot of trouble scoring either, but if I have to but on one of these defenses, especially in this spot, I think I'm going to take a shot with Arizona because I think there's a little bit more upside there. So, um, not yeah, not my strongest play ever, but it just seems like uh, if 
given these teams are about equal, and I think the spot favors Arizona. So if the home field's one and a half, uh, I think that's the the way to go on this one. Where are you going with your first pick? Alrighty, um, I'm going to go to the Denver Vegas game. I'm going to go there. Power rating, uh, the Raiders minus six. Look at line Raiders three and a half. The opener Raiders four. And the total here opened 15 and a half. Uh, this one here I'm going to hone in. I, I kind of definitely lean towards the Denver side. Looks like some money came in here uh, within the last hour or two from when I was uh, going through everything again here, but it's a little bit of money on Denver uh, before this podcast. But I, I do definitely lean towards the Denver side. But I mean, boy, it's just, just kind of frustrating with that offense of how slow it does, how slow it gets to a start. And it just seems like, you know, they're just kind of frustrating that sometimes and just seems like a team where I just don't fully trust them. Uh, but I definitely, you know, definitely lean pretty heavily towards Denver with that being said. But the, 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 my play here is going to definitely be on the total. I'm going to look over the total here. Um, unfortunately, I got hit a little bit here before the podcast. It was at 15 and a half, but it's kind of now a split line between 15 and a half and 51. But that just seems like a total that's got to keep going up, I would think. And it's, it's more of a bet over because of the, the Raiders. It seems like a dead nuts over team every week. I think the Raiders in Seattle seem like the same type of team where their defense is just really weak. And they really always put up points. And then I, I just feel like this is a game where Vegas is going to be able to put up points. I think Denver's going to have to, you know, be forced to kind of put up points as well. I, I just see this as a, a pretty strong overplay here. So like I said, I think it's a fair number. It's not up in like the 55 range or kind of where I expect this total to be or 54. So I think it's uh, very reasonable here to get up in over 50 and a half. Like I said, it's kind of a split line uh, a little bit, but there's still some 50 and a halfs available. So I think that's definitely. Still fair uh, to grade it as, but uh, like I said, it just seems like a, a game where it's going to kind of be back and forth here. And of course, there's some weather concerns. There's some other totals I like this week, but of course, those have been getting bet down because of high winds and and everything else that I end up staying away on. But this one, of course, being played in the new stadium there in Vegas, so this one's a, in a dome game. And even even then, there's going to be low weather concerns, obviously, which doesn't matter. But anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, for being outside or anything like that. So, like I said, I think it's a pretty good game to fire up and over the total. Alrighty. Um, my next one, I am going to the Seattle LA Rams game. Alright. My power rating here is the Rams two and a half. Look at line Rams minus one. Westgate open Rams one and a half and the total here open 55 and a half. Yeah, I, uh, you can almost basically cut and paste my my uh, analysis from the last game. I, I like the Rams here laying one and a half at home. And the only thing that's different is, like I mentioned before, Seattle coming off a loss as opposed to a win like Buffalo. But at the same time, Seattle was over on the East Coast in a shootout against the Bills team where they exerted a lot of energy and, and tried real hard to come back. And uh, what is a pretty long game there since there's so much scoring. And now they're going to travel back to the West Coast, play a division game uh, against the Rams, which I don't think is necessarily a letdown spot, but just from a you know fatigue standpoint and a focus standpoint, they had to go and play the Bills, which I think they were getting up for since the Bills have a pretty good record and are thought of as a fairly solid team. And the Rams, meanwhile, they went and played an absolute clunker in uh, in Miami before their bye. And it was just a game where everything went wrong for him, and Goff just looked horrendous, and and Miami was returning punts and recovering fumbles like crazy, and and just uh, not 
not a great showing whatsoever for the Rams. So I would expect a pretty good bounce back effort for them here, uh, especially off a of bye. I usually like teams coming off a of bye after a loss because I think it kind of gets them motivated and you know keeps up the work uh, the work ethic during an off week as opposed to a team that's a little bit more fat and happy, uh, you know, going in after a few wins and they just want to relax and take some time off. I don't think they're going to come out quite as sharp, whereas the Rams team is, is the exact opposite. So I think Seattle has been overvalued pretty much all year. Um, their 6-2 and two record, I think, is a little overinflated. They just won a lot of coin flip games. And, and uh, last week and then a few weeks ago against the Cardinals, I think the, the fairy dust just kind of <laughs> finally ran out for them. Um, but same – Similar to the last other game too, you look at their offenses. You know they're fourth and fifth in DVOA, right? Right about what I expect. I think the Rams are a little bit uh, a little bit higher variance. For some games, they can throw up a clunker, and if they do that, then you know it's a losing bet probably. But uh, assuming that their offense looks pretty good, which it does most of the time, um, then that doesn't really bother me too much there. And then you look at defensively, and the Rams are eighth in DVOA, and Seattle's all the way down at twenty fourth, and that. Definitely matches up with more of uh, with what I see, you know, with Aaron Donald and and uh, Ramsey, and the Rams have a decent amount of talent on defense and have made a couple teams look pretty pedestrian. Whereas Seattle, on the other hand, I mean, they're giving up 30 a week, like every single week, and that's not even an exaggeration. It's they've given up 44, uh, 27 against a super banged up Niners team, and then 37 to the Cardinals. 26 to the Vikings in that crazy Monday night game. And, I mean, so just basically every week that's pretty close to 30, if not more. And it seems like it's getting worse, not better. So, uh, yeah, I have zero faith at all in the Seahawks defense. So I think the offenses are going to trade blows. But I, I trust the, the Rams to come up with uh, a little bit better effort defensively here. And what I think is a pretty good spot, uh, I think these teams are probably pretty equal. So, again, one and a half for home field, uh, a better spot. And, if anything, I give the nod to the Rams. So. Like L.A. here in this one. Where are you going for your next one? All right. Well, like I mentioned, it's been a, it's a pretty you know bleak card for me here to come up with some plays. So I'm going to have to get a little more creative. So I actually got a teaser here. I'm going to go ahead and play. I feel like it's uh, definitely obviously an advantage teaser I'm going to be playing, but it's, uh, it's one that I, a couple that I like. So I'll get the first leg here. I'm actually going to be playing that Buffalo-Arizona game. I'm going to be teasing Buffalo, a uh, six-point teaser. I'm going to be teasing them up. So it looks like two is probably the prevailing number, so I'll tease them up to eight. Um, Buffalo getting eight points, and then the other leg, I'll jump down the card a little bit, and we'll have to use uh, Baltimore at New England. It'll be my next game for the second leg of that teaser, and I'll tease Baltimore down from uh, seven down to, to one. So just real quick, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's obviously we're kind of head-to-head here on this game, but I just feel like this is going to be a pretty close game. And I feel like Buffalo is going to be able to keep it close, and especially with their high-powered offense or somewhat high-powered offense, they're kind of always live. I almost kind of look at these two games, the one you just talked about, Seattle Rams, and this Buffalo-Arizona game. It seems like almost like pretty close to spitting images of each other. That's kind of the way that they play out with, with Buffalo, and they're having their you know the offense kind of keeps them in games. They got a you know really bad defense that used to be a lot better, and then you got Seattle's kind of similar to where they used to be better, and now they're definitely at a lower tier defense. So. Anyway, I just feel like either one of those teams, for me, I think would be a good teaser bet, just kind of keeping them in the game. But I've given the nod to this Buffalo just because, like I said, I feel like 
I just don't think I don't know. I think Arizona's just a team that's not going to be able to blow out teams as much, and it's going to be a little bit closer, especially with their inexperience and younger, uh, you know, coach, younger quarterback, everything else. I just feel like Buffalo will be able to keep this game close. So that's uh, that's the first leg there, and then from the other leg, uh, Baltimore, New England. It just uh, Baltimore just seems like this is. I, I almost would lay the points. This is it's pretty close to laying the points, uh, especially when it was at six and a half, but now it's at seven. But it's pretty close to just laying the, the, the lumber there with Baltimore on the road. But, of course, just long-term, that's just not a very profitable proposition, playing a, a, a big price there on the road like that. And then you add in the fact that you're uh, betting against Belichick getting points at home, which is that's a little bit tough part about this handicap. But, like I said, it uh, my numbers here come to Baltimore power rating and nine. Uh, look headline was Baltimore six and a half, and the opener here, Baltimore seven. So it just – it just seems like, uh, like I said, my numbers here suggest the Baltimore side, and that's the kind of way I favor. And it seems like Baltimore always does well against teams that aren't 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 top tier. So, um, with that being said, I'll just take that out of there where they have to lay a, a big margin. That's where I'm just going to make it where they basically just have to win the game. So that's the second leg of my teaser there for my second play here. All right. Um, well, I'm in action on that Baltimore New England game as well. All right. I didn't give the total, but the total opened 41 and a half. Okay, and it's currently at what forty three and a half. Um, oh, you are, are you on the total then? So yeah, forty three and a half looks like the prevailing number. Yeah. All right, I'm actually in play on side end total in this game. There and, you go, double down. <laughs> yeah, double down indeed. And uh, luckily we we're on the same side. Uh, I I I I hate laying points just in general and especially on the road. But I really don't think like I I don't bat an eye. Lay or doing anything on the road versus home. I just don't think home field hardly matters at all. And very rarely in certain situations. I think maybe like travel spots, like I was talking about before. And, uh, you know, being able to be comfortable in practice, you know, whatever I'm sure is, is a little bit helpful. But I don't think like game day that there's a big edge whatsoever for, uh, depending on where you play. And so I don't really care that this is in New England. And I think the fact that it's a primetime game actually makes it a, a more favorable spot for Baltimore because they might not take it for granted as much if, I don't, you know, not that they're spectacular this year by any means, so they probably wouldn't, but I could see a scenario if this was just a blah game where the, the Pats are three and five and the Ravens got up, they might just kind of sit on it. But I feel like on primetime, they're going to really try to run it up as much as they can and kind of stick the, uh, the sword in the into the pats and and try to claim that their uh their dynasty's done and, and Lamar and Baltimore is kind of taken over for them, even though I don't necessarily think that Baltimore is that good. But um you look at the the offensive DVOA here, they're twenty third and twenty fourth. And New England and specifically Cam has just looked really brutal here the last month and a half or ever since he came back from COVID, I guess. And Baltimore hasn't looked good by any means. But I think there's there's potential room for improvement, and Baltimore, like I said, has been a team I've uh, wanted to bet against for quite a while, and I have in, in here in spots, and against bad teams, they just absolutely destroy them, and that's kind of where I've got in trouble. And I think there's no other way to look at New England other than just a bad team, and, and I have all the respect in the world for Belichick, but if you just don't have the horses, you don't have the horses, and I know it's not like there's much he can do, like, they they definitely should have lost to the Jets on that Monday night game, even though they snuck out the win. And it was just just an absolutely awful game. And they're 
Their secondary was brutal, which I don't think Lamar is going to totally be able to to uh, expose. But they also the defense is just bad across the board. Like uh, the, the few times the Jets did run, they were running pretty easily on them. So I think it's going to be a situation here where Baltimore gets up early, and then you got Cam Newton thrown against a pretty solid Baltimore defense. And I just I don't think it's gonna it's gonna work. He's just super inaccurate, and uh, I think it could absolutely lead to turnovers. There's a few times against the Jets where he kind of held on to the ball and tried to make plays, and, and it worked out for him because the Jets are just so bad. But I think against a little bit better defense, they might be able to capitalize on that and uh, you know maybe turn him over a couple times and turn that into some easy points. So uh, I think uh, I like Baltimore quite a bit. I, I would definitely tease it like you were saying with with a lot of a lot of different games and uh, go that route, and I don't mind laying the seven with them either. And then from a total perspective, uh. I mean, 43.5 just seems super low, unless you're talking about two pretty talented defenses and two or, you know, two horrendous offenses. And I, I don't, I don't think New England's offense is very good, like I said, but I also think they're kind of a, like a boom or bust type offense where Cam can make plays, but he also can turn it over a lot. And I think I don't have a whole lot of faith he's going to be successful, but I think either way, it's going to kind of lead to points uh, on some level. And then I think Baltimore, I, they've been pretty, pretty un, uninspiring watching them. But I think there's going to be a, a blowout game here soon, or a, you know where they score a bunch of points and everybody hops back on the Lamar bandwagon because they've been pretty dormant here for a while and, and just waiting for the the game where they put up 40, especially here in prime time, and everybody's like, oh my God, Lamar's back, and they start talking about him being in the MVP race again, and and Baltimore gets too much credit, and I look to bet against them. And I think that game's probably coming, and I think it might be this week against New England. So I could, uh, against the New England defense that just looked hapless against a brutal Jets offense and Joe Flacco, uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to slow down this Baltimore team at all. So if Baltimore can put up, you know, 28 points, I think this pretty easily gets over. You know, I think Cam's going to be throwing and trying to come back, and that's going to lead to points either way. So, yeah, I think this... In today's day and age, his totals way too low, in my opinion. So give me uh, give me Baltimore and over here on the Sunday nighter. There you go. So you locked in there two plays. So I guess I got to catch up here. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see. I will go to the next game: San Francisco at New Orleans. My power rating here is New Orleans minus nine. Look at line: New Orleans six and a half. Westgate opened New Orleans six and a half, and then readjusted to New Orleans eight and a half, and then uh, total here opened fifty one. Uh, this one here, I mean, it is, it's not much of a handicap. It's more just a value play. I'm just going to take San Francisco just on more on a bounce back. San Francisco plus the nine. Uh, again, not, not a play I'm in love with by any means. Definitely a, one of my weaker plays of the week, but it just really comes down to, I just feel like New Orleans is getting a huge bump. I mean, just look at that adjustment there from six and a half to eight and a half just off of one game there against Tampa Bay. And, and of course, I've been saying all year how I really haven't liked this Tampa Bay team. I've been wanting to bet against them. Unfortunately, I didn't, uh, I had some mixed things, which kind of saved me last week in some games where I didn't bet them, but then that was one of the games I stayed away from. And one of them was being you, I guess, was on the Tampa Bay side. But either way, I just, the, not that it was a pretty horrific performance, probably the worst performance we've seen from any single team all year long that, that Tampa Bay was a Sunday night. But with, with that being said, I wasn't like overly shocked or surprised by that because I just feel like they're definitely, and some people were talking about it, like, you know, the favorite in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl in their eyes. And it's like, I just, I didn't buy that at all. Um, so, you know, give, give them credit, but I just feel like that's such a huge win for New Orleans and everything else. Now they're going to come, 
you know, they're going home, obviously still again here, but then you just have San Francisco that got the doors blown off on last week at, at Green Bay, and I know they're really banged up, which is obviously why this line's so inflated. I'm back on quarterback, you know, all that's all that's in, in built into the line, so that's nothing, you know, you're that's nothing you're getting ahead of that at all when you just talk about the injuries with Kittle and, and Garoppolo and what have you. But and then obviously the running backs situation too. But I get it, but I think it just, you know, at the end of the day, they have a good coach. I think they're going to be able to figure it out and, and keep this game close. And, again, it's just more of a value play. I just feel like it's just such an inflated number from the events that took place from the last week here, uh, judging out the look headline and, and then where it's at now and, and, and everything else. So, like I said, it seems like uh, you're getting you're getting a decent amount of value here. So it's going to be a game that might be t- tough to watch, but I feel like you know, San Francisco will be able to keep within the number here, uh, getting nine. Yeah, like last week with, you got me on that game, and then I got you on our Miami Arizona head to head. So, I mean, one and one. I think I'm still, I think I'm still up one in the black there on our head to heads this year. Um, yep, sure are. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, what was the look ahead number at the, the, the New Orleans game? Because the, the Niners, no, they went on by. They played the Packers on Thursday night. I think that's playing into it too. I just think the Niners are so banged up that there's almost a, a, you know, a shell of them former selves here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just if I was just going to play devil's advocate, not saying I hate it, because, yeah, I, I don't think New Orleans is good enough to be land nine unless the Niners are just totally non-existent anymore. But anyway, uh, my last one – or no, how many do you got left? Yeah, I'll do my one. I'll do one more okay. so we can catch up here. So um, I, I'm going to do another teaser here. So like you mentioned, which is kind of funny, you mentioned that about Baltimore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put Baltimore in my second teaser. Uh, what's my plan here moving into the pod? So that'll be the first one, the first leg, like I already talked about, Baltimore minus one. And then I need a second leg for the second teaser of the, of the pod here for my top five. And I will go to the next game, which is uh, on, the, on the rotation, and which would be the Chargers at Miami. My power rating here, Miami minus one. Look headline, Miami one and a half. Westgate open, uh, Miami two. And then the total here open, 49 and a half. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm not going to be teasing a total. It's not very advantageous to do that. So I will be teasing, uh, of course in this neighborhood, you can already guess I'm going to be teasing the Chargers up. And looks like right now. Yeah, geez, like, teasing Miami to plus three and a half. Yeah, to zero. exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be teasing. It looks like two and a half for the prevailing number. So I'm going to tease up the, to, uh, eight and a half. So I'll be getting the Chargers plus eight and a half and then Baltimore minus one. Again, I'm using Baltimore on both legs of my teaser this week. And uh, the reason for the Chargers here, again, I just feel like, I mean, if nothing else, you just look at their track record this year. I don't know what, I think every game they played almost has been a touchdown, within a touchdown game, I think, uh, this year. If if not, almost, almost every game for sure. Every, every game they played has been pretty competitive since Herbert's started, and he's looked very capable. And even if they're behind, they can come back, kind of like you saw last week, when they're got a deficit. And uh, like you mentioned at the start of the pod, they, not only could have won that game, they maybe should have, if, you know, with that play at the end. And I think the, the the takeaway for me was how horrific those two play calls were. You have those fades in the in the end zone, but when you're on the three or four yard line, it's just like, boy, especially in this day and age, it's like trying. You think you'd be a little more creative there to to get in the end zone. So, but yeah, the reason I don't like this as a play, just with the straight side, you know, spread perspective, is is a lot of it has to do with coaching. I mean, how many times we see Anthony Lynn just causing problems at the end of the game or making. You know, stupid mistakes or just nothing else that the teams just never, never can finish. And it's kind of just a Chargers thing, not just, just an Anthony Lynn, but at the end of the day, it just seemed hard to pick these, this team. I mean, this is a team where I love getting 
you know, more than three or, you know, th- you know, around a touchdown with and that, and that zip code as opposed to, you know, right around a pick them. So obviously I was on last week, you were on two and it kind of was disappointing. But like I said, I think teasing them up here, getting the full, uh, you know, more than a touchdown. I think that's the way to, you know, way to, way to, way to handicap this team is that they're going to be able to keep it close like they've done all season long. So, um, I'm going to do that. And I think Miami too has looked, look as buzz, you know, they looked really good last week and looked pretty good the week before. At least from a scoreboard perspective, like we already talked about how it was kind of a phony final, but, uh, I think now they're going to kind of start getting some bandwagon driven, uh, back in there from the public on Miami, just from, you know, you got a fresh, uh, rookie quarterback and what have you. So I think, uh, like I said, I think this will be a closer game and I won't be surprised if the Chargers won this game, but again, I don't really trust the, the, the late coaching decisions and everything else with the Chargers. So that's why I'll tease it. So I don't have to worry about that as much. So like I said, Chargers plus eight and a half on one leg and Baltimore minus one on the other leg. Yeah, if I didn't already have Baltimore, I probably would have done that too. Because I think the Chargers up to eight and a half are probably the best teaser on the board. Just looking at the situation number, all that. So absolutely love that. I mean, I think you could pair it with a lot of a lot of different things. Uh, you know, if you like, you have an underdog in either one of the one and a half games I released, or even Denver, like you had up up through ten. And it's not like a stereotypical. There's not. It's too bad there aren't more games that either. That you like, you know, if you liked Pittsburgh against Cincy and it does come out at seven and a half or something, getting that down. Uh, or even the Thursday nighter, if either team goes to like a one and a half, two point favorite, teasing whatever team the underdog is up, I think that's going to be a close game. There's quite a few interesting situations to, uh, or if you like Chicago on the, the Monday nighter, quite a few interesting teasers to pair up, um, if depending on the sides you like, but I think the Chargers is a, is a great tease option there. Uh, alright, my last game is on the Monday Nighter. Alrighty, so, uh, let's see, power rated Minnesota minus three, look headline Minnesota two, Westgate opened, uh, Minnesota two and a half here on the side and 44 and a half on the total, and I have a guess where you're gonna be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, it's like, the, the number's awful, obviously, so I would proceed with caution. I definitely wouldn't say hammer this for anything or whatever. It, but I think the Vikes at two and a half, it's, it's kind of hard to argue. And it's, it's more so like, I think you could make a pretty legitimate case that the public opinion after the Vikings beat the Packers and the Lions in back to back weeks is too high and it could crash down to earth. And the Vikings have historically just had a, it's been a horror show when they've gone to Chicago, even against horrendous Bears teams. So <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of things that, <clears throat> that give me pause here in this situation. But when I'm trying to scrounge for another play on this card, and it's and it's pretty pretty uh, barren here. I just the Bears at one point were five and one. They've lost three straight against okay teams, and uh, they just have they haven't looked good at all. Especially last like we were watching that Titans Bears game real close, and they, their offense was just so so bad, and. It could be a deal where they bounce back after an awful performance and Foles looks way better and they throw on the Vikings suspect secondary. And that's totally in play. And I wouldn't be shocked by any means because that's how the NFL works. And if I had been dropped down from space and this was, this, I, the first week of football I watched was last week and now I brought, brought to this week, I would make an insanely large bet on the Vikings thinking, well, this is a no brainer, but. We all know how the NFL works. It changes from week to week, and a team that just looks beyond horrendous can can bounce back and look pretty confident the next week. So maybe the Bears have that in them. Uh, they do have a good defense. I will absolutely give the Bears that. 
you know, fourth in DVOA. So that's a little scary to take Kirk Cousins with a questionable offensive line on the road in prime time, uh, <laughs> admitted Chicago against the top five defense. Admittedly, that's not great. Uh, the Vikes are kind of in the middle of the road and th- their defense has looked okay the last couple weeks, but definitely not anything to write home about. That's for sure. They've had a lot of injuries and like we talked about early in the season, maybe the Vikes defense would gel as the season goes on with all the young guys and become a lot better as the season goes on. And I think that's true a tiny bit. Um, it seems like ever since they got rid of Ngakwe, they've been a little bit better, but they're still, it's not like they're stopping people or, or, or really like taking over games. They're pretty much just been kind of holding serve and, and not being a complete sieve. And the Vikings offense has just been insanely efficient. So you could absolutely make a counterpoint and say, well, if the Vikings offense, it can't be as efficient and control the clock. Uh, the defense is going to maybe fall apart and there's a little bit of a house of cards. And I, I can see where you're coming from, but I just think the offenses are such a mismatch. You look and the Vikings are ranked seventh in DVOA, Chicago's 28th. So you get a top seven offense versus a bottom five defense. I mean, a bottom five offense and the defenses are significantly more close and so unless you're that afraid of the spot which I, I am a little bit I just think the Vikings are a better team if if they're playing good and I think they've been playing a lot more like they should as a, you know an above average team not a great team but a nine and seven type team that might get a wild card spot if everything goes right for them against the Bears team that are now five and four after three straight losses and I think we're absolutely uh, exposed as frauds from their earlier performance or earlier wins in the year. So um, yeah, everything screams Vikings here to me, except for the spot. So uh, a little worried, but that's, uh, that's going to be my play. Where are you going for your last one? All righty. Yeah. It's one of the ones I was almost considered, but the problem, the reason I didn't get there is, I mean, just do the thing where if you switch home field advantages, I mean, if, if Minnesota is at home here and you did, took away the two points, if you want to say, or one and a half, whatever you want to say, for home field. And then, you know, basically the amount to Minnesota laying close to a touchdown just seems like a pretty daunting task for this Minnesota team. But, no, I definitely uh, am with you. That would be the way I was looking. It was one of the few plays that was off, uh, you know, just off my sheet for the top five. But uh, my last play here, um, you know, for me, I'm going to yeah, value play. And then, let's see, I'm going to go to the Chargers Miami again. I already gave the numbers, but I will be going to the total this time. I know I already played one total, and I got two teasers, and then I got the one value play on the side. So not uh, it's not the traditional sides here for me this week. I had to be a little more creative, but again, still got to come up with something where I you know like my five plays and something I can stand behind. So that's what I'm coming up with here. But uh, this one I actually like quite a bit too. It's a total here. I'm looking at uh, the total open 49 and a half right now. It's sitting at uh, it's kind of a split line between 48, 48 and a half, and I do like the over. I feel like I don't really agree with the adjustment downwards, so I went and played. It's actually one of the one of the first plays released in a while that I've released on the pod. I released it uh, towards the middle of the pod here uh, on the over for this game uh, again. Chargers at Miami, and uh, again, I just feel like this is too. I already talked about it a little bit, but it just feels like these two offenses are, are working right now. Uh, the Chargers offense has been able to put up points. It just seems like they're always kind of back and forth type of games here with Chargers and then the Miami. I'm kind of surprised by Tua, but he's been he kind of he's slinging the ball around too, and he can always make play with his makes play with his feet. So you look at like a Russell Wilson or 
He looked like a Kyler Murray, kind of similar, like where he can use his feet to, to extend plays. It just, you know, that just always extends drives and keeps, keeps them going where they can, you know, move the ball from on their own, you know, 30, 40 yard line to get to midfield and then maybe go for it and fourth down. And it just leads to more points and there's more opportunities. So I, I, I like this you know, quite a bit here and especially a, a very reasonable price at 48. I mean, this seems kind of more like the mid range for totals these days. So, um, 48 being a pretty key number, I, I do like it over the 48. So that's, I think it's still, there's still enough 48s available to make it fair, but, um, you know, like I said, that'll be my fifth and final play here is this over 48. And a lot of it just has to do with the other thing too, is just these two rookie quarterbacks, I think have something to prove they're going to be getting the prime time action as well. So I just feel like it kind of might be a, you know, two rookie quarterbacks going at it at prime time just seems like it's going to be pretty flashy, uh, back and forth type of thing. And then and the other thing that I mentioned, which is one of the stronger reasons for my, my handicap here on this total is, is the weather. The weather's, you know, winds are pretty low. It's going to be good weather for, for scoring, obviously, in Miami. But then the other thing is uh, the humidity is supposed to be pretty high. And it seems like from a defensive perspective, you have the Chargers obviously not going to be used to the humidity. But then you also, even Miami, when you're used to it, it's just so much harder to, to play good defense and, and all, all, you know, all of game long. So I feel like this is going to be probably stronger and a lot of points scored here more towards the second half. And if, you know, if you want to bet in game or if you want to bet a halftime bet here, I, I do look at uh, betting it, you know, over for the second half as well, just for the fact, like I said, with the humidity, I think it's going to catch up with the defense, and you're going to have these two quarterbacks trying to show up and big, big in the, the prime time. So, yeah, uh, like quite a bit here. This total over uh, 48. Alrighty, well, that will uh, do it for our our five picks. Uh, let's go ahead and do our pick of the week here to finish up the week ten pod. The AS pick of the week. All right. So yeah, like I mentioned last week, I had the Chargers that won and then got overturned and was lost. <laughs> and you had the Bears, right? Um, let's see. I got rid of it. No, I didn't. Oh yeah, no, I did have the. Yeah, I did have the Bears. Yeah, against the Titans, and they had yeah. every opportunity to cover that game. I ended up not covering by like a point or a point and a half or something infuriating. So yeah, that was pretty yeah. brutal. It's kind of frustrating for me because yeah, I was had the Bears on the podcast, obviously rooting for that, but then I also have some uh, of my other sources that I was actually on the Titans, so I was kind of split there on that game. So it's kind of you know what what am I rooting for there? So it's kind of uh, back and forth for me uh, from a personal perspective. Yeah, so that uh, knocks us both to five and three on the year. So I go ahead and go first, and it's weird with my my five uh, picks there. I had four favorites and uh and an over which i don't think you hardly ever see me with four favorites and zero underdogs that's uh pretty pretty uh unheard of so um i think the one i do like the best is the one you're laying the most points and something i very rarely do and i do agree with you teasing it's not a bad way to go but i'm gonna i'm gonna do go baltimore minus seven uh for all the reasons i stated earlier i think that's uh just a pretty Pretty strong bet, and like I said, don't mind putting it in teasers and money line parlays. I just think Baltimore is going to come out and make a statement, and I think hopefully they do that, win these bets, and then uh, bet against Baltimore going forward once they get overvalued after beating up on a garbage New England team. Where are you going with your pick of the week? Yeah, so let's see. I mean, I I, I like both my totals quite a bit, actually. I know I've been having bet a lot of overs here this year. I think that has something to say with the, the current environment, because usually I'll bet unders more than overs, but you know, whatever I, whatever he thinks value, that's what I'm going to be betting. I'm not going to look at anything else for the traditional mindset, especially with this crazy year with everything going on. 
Uh, with that being said, I, I already released both those plays actually on roundsports.com on my page. So I just kind of spread the wealth and spread the portfolio. I think I'll probably use that teaser like I talked about that I like quite a bit. And I will, I don't think I've used a teaser yet for my pick of the week yet this year. So might as well break the seal here and we'll do uh, my one teaser with Baltimore and the Chargers. So Baltimore minus one and uh, the Chargers teased up to eight and a half. All right. So Chargers went outright and then uh, Baltimore loses outright on the Sunday night here and nips us both. Yeah, I mean, sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> we'll uh we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we got to be uh got I guess we got to think more optimistically than uh pessimistically, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh all right, you want to recap your five quick? Uh, and then I'll recap mine and we can get out of here. Absolutely, yeah. It's a little convoluted. I know this this week for mine, but we'll go here so Denver and the Raiders over 15 and a half and then teaser, 6-point teaser, Buffalo plus 8, Baltimore minus 1. And then I just have a straight bet, San Francisco plus nine. And then I have another teaser for my fourth play, Baltimore minus one. And the Chargers plus eight and a half, which is also my pick of the week. And then finally, the Chargers, uh, Dolphins over 48. All right. Yeah. I got, uh, Baltimore, New England over 43 and a half. Baltimore minus seven is my pick of the week. Arizona and the Rams both lane a point and a half. And then the Vikings lane two and a half. So, um, like I said, weird, weird going in with four favorites, but that's the way the card goes. That's the way the card goes. Can't complain. Lock and uh, load it. Other, yeah, lock and load it. Let's get her going. This will probably be a four and one type week where you don't even feel all that great about it. Seems to always work that way. Uh, any other concluding thoughts here for week 10? No. Yeah, it's just crazy. It seems, um, just, I know I talked about last week with the election stuff, but it just seems like, uh, it's crazy how it's only a little over a week away now, or just a week and a day, and it just feels like it was so long ago. Like, it's just completely out of thought, out of mind, and unfortunately, I'm still waiting for a couple of my books that I had some bets on to get my, my money back, so I'm still waiting. It's I know this uh, Trump presidency, not only is he causing other problems with everybody's life, but also causing problems with my own bankroll, so I'd like him to just hurry up and concede so I can get that uh, that home faster, so that's definitely been a little frustrating, but other than that, yeah, kind of ready to get back out of here. I know all oh, the other thing I will mention too, that I'm pretty excited for. I know I texted earlier this week, but the way these games are set up, I know with our for, new format, we don't talk about it as much, but we have, I think what, five early games and six late games, which is like, why well, would, wish it was like that every week. And the reason for that is just because of the masters. They don't want to compete with primetime masters there on Sunday in Augusta, which obviously is atypical because it's usually like you said in April. So that should be a yeah, pretty, got all the Fox games early, but CBS moved all their games to the late. So the Masters are going to tee off early and split split tee time, so they'll all be done, and then we'll have all the focus on their NFL games. So, yeah, but really it would be nice if they would do that more often. Uh, it, you know, not the one network have to punt the morning, but at least push a couple more back to the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely, but it'll be pretty nice. Uh, obviously going to be over in Old Mountain Town there watching the games and having all the screens, and it'll be pretty nice to be able to watch a couple different feeds of the, the, the live in Augusta. Hopefully it's a competitive match there, and then uh, obviously throwing on the – all the football games as well for Sunday. Yeah, so we got, what did you say, we have six afternoon games. So we got six games put on. I'm going to try to get, I think there's like four different feeds for uh, for the Masters. So I don't know, how many early games? Is it five? Two, four, five early games and six. Five early, early, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, five early games. And I'll have to try to find, like, we got a couple TVs and then a couple of computers or whatever to get uh, all the different featured groups, featured holes, main broadcast. Get it all going here. It's uh should be a super fun sports weekend, so I'm hoping to 
hopefully it doesn't get too screwed up. The Masters I'm talking about with uh, the Thursday weather rolling in there tomorrow. It uh, looks like it could be a lot of rain in the morning, so hopefully it doesn't throw it off because that would be total buzzkill if they did have to run late on Sunday and bleed into the football games or uh, potentially a Monday finish or something would be pretty awful. So hopefully the weather doesn't impact it too much, and uh, looking forward to it. It should be a great, uh, great golf tournament, so that'll be fun. Like I said, even though we didn't necessarily love the card, the football games are at least should be entertaining uh, from a viewership standpoint. And uh, hopefully you can get those teasers home. And then, uh, yeah, the Vikes on Monday night is always fun, too, to have a isolated primetime game to uh, cheer for. And at 3-5, and five, they're not totally dead yet either. So uh, you never know. Chip and share. Let's go. Uh, all right, that'll do it for the Week 10 podcast. Uh, Best of luck, everybody, on your bets this weekend. Enjoy the Masters, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.